Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Actually, I'm glad we started a minute late because I was reading part of my winter read for next week. And I was just like, how the hell are they going to get out of this? This is too exciting. I have to finish this part. (laughs) Bonnie, if you thought they were cold in endurance, wait till you hear about the book I'm going to do for winter reads. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, hello. My microphone's kind of far away. I was okay with being a couple minutes late because I woke up at seven, at 3.23 and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> the podcast is in seven minutes. If you're, if you're funny, we'll save it. So go right ahead and just pretend <laughs> I'm not here. Okay, why is there plastic in my coffee cup is the question of the day. What are you drinking? Just hot chocolate. Part of the packaging from the hot chocolate? That's what, I, that's what I'm wondering. I was like, what is that? <laughs> like I spit it back out and then I was like, it's still yeah. there. <laughs> it's probably like that inside wrapper part. Well, it's my William Sonoma one, so it might have been like I'm at the bottom of the bag, so it could have been oh. just like a piece of the bag. So it's okay. I didn't have a lot of milk, so I couldn't make a very big glass. So which is probably better for me anyway, let's be real. But has, has anyone watched um any of the Megan and Harry documentary? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> I have feelings about it <laughs> that are like, I don't know. What, and then I like I get everyone has nicknames for their like significant other. I don't know why it bugs the ever living shit out of me that she just calls him H. Uh, H. Just H. Which I get like I I've heard other like other British men like Harry Styles his friends call him H, but it doesn't feel weird when they say it. Like it feels weird when she says it. <laughs> it's like it, it's it like sounds it's, like something you'd say if you were trying to disguise who you were talking about. You just, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know what your feelings are about uh I don't Megan, what's her last name? Markle. Megan Markle, but she seems like a bit of a drama queen to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm not saying that there were things done that shouldn't have been done because I mean, you know, it's the Royal family and I'm sure, but I think that she blew things way out of proportion. Well, and I think he thought I'm the favorite. So like, I'm going to be able to go to my grandma and say, Hey, like, I kind of don't want to do this thing, but like, I still want the perks. And I think he thought she'd be like, sure, you're my favorite. And Queen Elizabeth was like, absolutely fucking not. (laughs) Like you're in or you're out. (laughs) I mean, I don't know the whole thing because I haven't followed it. I just know what I've seen like on the news and on like Good Morning America and stuff. But I just she just seems like a bit of a drama queen. So I don't know if I would watch it because she kind of bugs me. So I heard a comment about it. Is it in black and white? No, there's like pieces of it that are like in black and white, like film footage or whatever, but it's not in black and white now. Oh, okay. Cause I thought that seems odd. <laughs> yeah. I don't, it's, it, I'm, I'm on like halfway through and we, we had, I had friends over doing some um, DAR like rapping for an angel tree that our chapter did. And we were like, we need to turn this into a drinking game. Like how many times she says H. <laughs> like it just got so annoying. I was like, H? I'm fine with you calling it. 
Yeah, like Meghan Markle calls Harry H, calls Harry, Prince Harry H, which I get everyone has nicknames. Like, I'm does a, I'm, he call I'm, her I'm, M? <laughs> he does. He does on occasion call her M. So I, it makes sense, but I don't like it. I, I'm okay with has because there's a lot that's very British, like calling someone Harry named has. Like, that doesn't bother me. But when she just calls him H, I'm like, it feels weird. So we turned it into a drinking game. <laughs> so how drunk did you get? That's the question. Uh, we all behaved. But we made a point. Well, with, with the irony of it already was that it was the DAR girls like watching the royal family. Like the irony was not lost on us. <laughs> because we were all talking about it. And I was like, well, I've only watched the first like 20 minutes. So then I was like, why don't we just watch it while we sit here and wrap When gifts? you consider like, that DAR stands for Daughters of the American Revolution, yeah, that is ironic. It, it is kind of funny. <laughs> we could all be celebrating the fact that you got free from all that nonsense. <laughs> That's exactly right. You shouldn't be <laughs> trying to entertain yourself watching that bullshit. <laughs> I can't help it. It's like, as they said, they someone was like, it doesn't matter how many views it gets because people could be like, quote unquote, hate watching it. Like they're watching it because they know they're going to be mad. Sort of like, like uh, we all did with Tiger King. Oh, no, I watched that for hate, pure Hate joy. watching it. <laughs> I did not hate watch Tiger King. I, I was did. here for that. I totally hate watched it. I don't know how far it goes in volume one, like part one. I don't know if it goes to when they, up until they leave or like right before. I don't know. We'll see. I set up my Christmas stuff today and I don't know if anybody else has to do this, but I had to rearrange my whole house twice because I didn't like how I did it the first time. That's one of the reasons why I was probably sleeping two minutes before the podcast started. I saw that one of our book girls had put up her tree and it ha just has the lights on it. And it looked really pretty, and then she said it doesn't have any ornaments on it, but she has cats. So I'm thinking, man, that'd be the smart thing to do is just have a have a have a tree, especially for people with cats. Yeah, where the lights are the ornaments, so yeah. that you don't have to put anything else on it, and it can't be destroyed by your cats. Now, how smart would that be? That would be like well, a Shark Tank thing. That would be very smart, except I have to say. This year, I put up the tree, and no one, not one ornament has been bothered or disturbed because the two cats who were the worst offenders with the ornaments both died this last year. Aww. So well, that's a sad reason it's, why. It's sad every time I come out and there's not an ornament on the floor. It's like, <laughs> oh. Aww. You just need to get all of your ornaments, you know, made from Rubbermaid. When they were still alive, your... I always put the unbreakable ones on the bottom yeah. couple yes. of rows of the tree. Yeah. them and they wouldn't hurt them. You do yeah. that when you have mm -hmm. kids, too, the whole bottom layer. If you've got little kids coming over, because they used to have the little girls that lived two houses yes. down. Mm -hmm. And my whole bottom layer that was reachable for small hands was all the unbreakable ones. And then the, the really yeah. fragile ones were the ones on top. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, no one ever did as much damage as my old dog, Oliver. Oh, my God. Whole, even. Ugh. He, he took the whole tree over once and just smashed everything. <laughs> Glass ornaments. Oh. In it. We, yeah. only, we only had one tree come down, and it was not because of our dog. It was because we, it was when we still got live trees. And it had been, like, really sappy. And it actually, like, broke. Like, the base, like, the screw holes, like, hold it up. It just the sap finally gave way and the oh whole thing oh my fell. gosh that's oh. oh yeah so after that we after we, we had a couple more live trees after that year but we would tie them to the window yeah so that I was say we gave I did that after up. after that incident yeah have guy wires have a dog that stays yes. in your live 
ever have a dog mistake a live tree for what they do with with live trees yes. outdoors? I was just going <laughs> to say when I was probably oh, about I'm I think I think I might have been about 11, 10 or 11, my sister came home and they had this her boyfriend had a bird dog. And it trotted right in the door and lifted its leg on the tree. It's the first thing it did. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, everybody was just standing there with mouths aghast. Yeah. No like, big deal. Oh, isn't this convenient? They put a porta potty right here for me. Yeah. So he's like, this tree doesn't smell right. outside in the winter now. They finally. <laughs> it's finally kind of, a little kind of consideration. Like, yeah, but... kind of like a cat box for the dog. Yeah. <laughs> so. The snow plows on the Crocs. Oh my God! Why? Are they are those serious? So, I mean, do they people are really people supposed to like kick the snow? I out have of no idea. I just saw that this morning, and I'm like, okay, there are two. There are two really wrong things about this. The first is Crocs. The second is they have holes in them. So if you're even gonna be semi serious about it. That would be the worst possible shoe to put a snow plow on the oh. front of. Mm-hmm. Because the minute you got a little snow in there, it would go right into your foot. Oh, yeah. I personally like that, the ones that, that has the lights on the front with the snow plow on the cross. <laughs> whoever it was that put them on the red heels that looked like the, the ruby slippers from... Who, from, yes. who put uh, that up? Was that one of you guys or was that Keith? That was, that was me. Oh. But they do make croc boots because I was curious. So they I looked do. that up. They make croc boots. Why not put the snow plows on those? Or why not just get a shovel? Bonnie's been awful What's... quiet during this time because I've been dissing her most comfy shoe. Nothing wrong with crocs. The crocs I have, I only wear to go like out to walk the dog and stuff because they're super loud. But Tyler wears his crocs all the time. Oh, I know. And when I went to Kansas to see everybody mm-hmm. and my niece wears crocs. Her little boy has little tiny crocs. He's three. He's got oh some gosh. little bitty tiny crocs. <laughs> That's adorable. adorable. So now she's passing her bad taste on to her poor, unsuspecting three-year-old. Come on. (laughs) That's got to be bordering on child abuse. Listen. Have you to pair up at the cabin for uh, to throw on if you want to step outside because it's too rocky and yeah, and, yeah. and they're not even real crocs they're knockoff crocs yeah i had i had a pair of knockoff crocs remember vani by my back door there was those bright pink ones that were right mm-hmm. by my back door i paid five dollars for those i got yeah. them for five dollars at joanne's fabric a million years ago and they lasted probably i mean because it was the go out to feed the dog crocs i can yeah. i can totally get behind that shoe for that purpose it makes perfect sense even if they had like a liner to put in there they'd be the perfect gardening shoe yeah well they do have ones with liners actually because they have one uh, a couple of years ago i got my son's girlfriend a pair of fuzzy crocs for christmas she wanted fuzzy socks or crocs i mean i like my crocs because i can keep my fuzzy socks on and still put my crocs on and go outside right as long mm-hmm. as you're not yeah. you know wearing them with a little black dress or to the Walmart, but some people now, wear their slippers to the Walmart, and I'm also yeah. against that. Yeah, you could you could bedazzle your Crocs, and then they go with the little black black dress. <laughs> hey, they have stuff that you can bedazzle your Crocs. Yeah, they do. Yes, they come do. on, you guys. I didn't need any lunch, and that's making me want to barf. And I have worn my Crocs to the grocery store, Martha. That's exactly where you would. Why wear your would Crocs you do too? that? Because they're easy on. You're gonna off. get. You're gonna get 
put in one of those the people of Walmart collection. No, not with not Crocs. for Crocs. Mm. I mean, if I had my underwear outside of my yoga pants and Crocs on, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> there are two things wrong with that. You'd be quail quail man from Doug, except for quail, quail woman. <laughs> You need a belt on your head as your headband. Like I wear my boxer briefs inside of my yoga pants, so it's okay for me to wear my Crocs. There you go. <laughs> okay. You wear your bra on the inside of your shirt, too? Yeah. <laughs> yep. If she and I always, on. I was going to say, no, I do wear a bra when I go to the grocery store because <laughs> that's just weird. <laughs> If I'm just going through the drive-thru or, like, the pickup, maybe. No, because you never know when you're going to hit a couch cushion in the middle of the road on your way home. And then you'd be flopping around the side of the road. Your boobs going every which way but loose and loose. Wait, hit a couch cushion? Yeah, that happened to me. story here. That happened to me. And I almost did not put my bra on. This is a story that keeps keeps making its way back to the podcast again and again because it's such a gem. (laughs) Tyler called me to come pick him up from work when he worked at KFC when he he was a teenager. And it was like late at night because he closed and had a flat tire. So... I went to go get him and I almost didn't put my bra on the last minute I put my bra on. I'm like, no, I got to put my bra on. And, uh, I was going down the highway and there was a freaking couch cushion in the middle of the road. And by the time I saw it, you know, I couldn't swerve out of the way. So I, um, straddled it. I straddled it and it caught something on the underside of my car. So I started dragging it. So I had to pull over to the side of the road, call freaking roadside assistance. I'm in my pajamas. Well, you called me first. You called me first. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I have my pajamas on. I'm sitting here in the Good road. Good thing I put my fucking bra on. <laughs> and she's, I was like, you want me to come help you? I just called roadside assistance. Because I'm like, how the fuck are we going to get that out from under your car? She wasn't very far from here either. Oh my no, God. no, I wasn't because he was... He was working in Mustang, which yeah, is in so- between where I lived and Martha lived. So I would have passed her house. But freaking midnight in my pajamas and flip flops. I didn't have underwear on, but thank goodness I put my bra on. To be fair, assistance. some people do wear their pajamas into the Walmart. I haven't done one called House of Bells, right? No, it doesn't okay. sound familiar. Doesn't ring a bell. Ah! <laughs> Might have to leave that in. So the book I have this week is one that I had read in October for our October reads. It was like my quote unquote alternate in case I didn't like anything else or somebody else read one of the books that I read. But it's it was a really good book, so I want to review it. It's called The House of Bells by J.T. Croft. And it's a gothic supernatural mystery suspense novel so I wasn't really sure if I was gonna like it that's why it was my alternate but it ended up being really good so this book starts out with this younger lady who's a governess and you find out quite early in the book like within the first few pages that she can see spirits and she's been able to see spirits after a traumatic event, but 
They don't really tell you what the traumatic event is right away. It's kind of a mystery. And she also has some very peculiar habits. And because of this thing that she experienced, she was let go from the family that she was working for. So she starts, she gets a job with another, I'm going to say family. It's just a father and a daughter, but the daughter won't speak. She doesn't talk. And one of the reasons why they hired her is that she's really good at children who have special needs, such as, you know, she can't talk. And so she goes to this house with this single father. Um, I want to say that he was in the war and I don't think that he can walk. And so he is medicated quite often. And I think he also drinks. So he's not in the picture very much. And the household staff pretty much runs the household. And they don't really like her when she first comes. So she has a lot of trouble fitting in, but the little girl that she's caring for loves her. And they're in this very, very huge house that has a lot of different passageways and secret hidden doors. And she kind of finds her way around this maze and finds her way into secret staircases and secret places where they're growing herbs and plants used for medicinal purposes and that could be used for bad things. It's not necessarily the best plant. Belladonna on the side. Yeah, exactly. And also on the staircase, there's strings of bells. And she quite often can hear the bells ringing when nobody's supposed to be up there. And it's this just, is a just, secret hidden passages. Oh, it's not just the maid had a little bit too like much sherry on the side. <laughs> well, no, I was, I was thinking of how they used to like ring from upstairs to downstairs. Oh, and they would yeah. pull the bells. But in the beginning of the book, you kind of get the picture that the bells are there because the staircase is so steep that that way, if somebody falls over the side, it, it will ring the bells, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it'll ring the bells. That's why it's called house of bells because of this, there's bells on strings of bells on all of the staircases, but when everybody's asleep in their room or supposed to be asleep in their room, the bells will ring by themselves. So because she can see spirits, you know, she gets a little more knowledge about the ringing of the bells that anyone else does. And it's just one of those books that it builds. It, it starts off kind of strange and a little bit slow, but it builds up really quick into this mystery and into all of these weird things that are happening in this house. And, um, it, it ends really, really well. It, it's just, it was a really good book. It's well-written. I'm not much for supernatural, but I do like ghosts. So I did like that. The main character, her name is Grace. She was beautifully written, very strong, but not outspoken. She's not meek. She's strong, but she's not very outspoken. So she kind of finds everything out in a very quiet manner, which I, I liked that. It's very different than most of the novels that you read. 
that have a strong feminine role in it. But yeah, it, it was a really good book. I enjoyed it. It's one that I did not review for the October reads, but it has a very spooky, dark, gothic feel to it. But it, it was great. I loved it. I think you would like this one, Megan. I would say it sounds really cool. I think you would like, I thought of you when I was reading this. <laughs> sounds super interesting. Yeah. I like spooky. Mm-hmm. Not horror so much as sometimes I like spooky things. And Martha, I'm sorry, there's not very much sex in this, so I don't think you would like it. Dang it. I, I got to have lots of sex in my books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Knock I'm joking. Boots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's quite dark enough for Martha. That again's called A House of Bells by J.T. Croft. It does sound good. It does. It was, and it's one of those books that it's really hard to describe because there's all of these little pieces that happen at the beginning of the book but they all make sense as the book goes on. So like she sees the spirit of a little kid in like the first five pages, but you don't know why she's seeing the spirit of this little kid or, or anything, but then you find out later. So it's hard to really review it because you can't give anything away because it's all connected. But yeah, it, it was really good. And like I said, it was just, it was so well-written. It's one of those books that you don't want to stop reading. And I guess I'm in Keith's spot. Yep. Uh, well, because I treat December like a run, a, a prequel to Valentine's February. Day, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to read a lot of cute Christmas Hallmark romances because I don't have the Hallmark channel anymore, so I have to fill that void another way. I read All I Want for Christmas by Maggie Knox. What first drew my attention to this book was the cover because... It is, you guys on the podcast can't see it, but when you look it up, you can. Um, It has Nashville on the cover. I was like, this book is set in Nashville where I grew up. I'm reading this book. And we have our two main characters. We have Sadie and Max. And Sadie has moved to Nashville to make it as a star, as so many do. And she ends up on Star Maker, which is like the American Idol for Nashville, or I can't think of what the actual... There's a show like this set in Nashville. Can't think of what it's called. And then Max is the son of an already famous country singer. So he's kind of like the prince of Nashville. Like his dad is huge. And he wants to make it on his own steam. So he's gone on this show as well to try to win it and make his own name. And they, of course, have chemistry immediately they actually end up singing together and they're like you know what we're gonna make you a duo now and you're gonna have to go through this whole competition and his and max i don't know if this is a spoiler kind of is but it's okay um max has a different contract with the show than everybody else because of who he is and so they tell her pretty much either you go on your own and take your chances or you can be paired up with max and have kind of like a little bit of immunity for a while and so it's a little, a lot of that will they, won't they, they kind of continuously have misunderstandings of what's happening. Like they interpret something and then it's not at all what's happening. Um, so they do put them in a situationship uh, or a PR relationship and the whole country is just like, oh, they're so cute together. They're the best. And so it follows their journey through the show and what happens. And then after the show, um, is when they have, you know, that time in the book and all romances where something's driven them away from each other. And then they have their, where they may or may not get back together moments. 
I really liked it. I thought it was cute. I was slightly like triggered slash annoyed because I actually had to look up where the author was from because I was like, they got some stuff wrong about Nashville because Sadie's apartment is in downtown Nashville. And apparently the new cool kids, um, if you live south of Broadway, it's called Sobro, but literally no one in Nashville calls it Sobro. <laughs> and so when I read it in the book, I was like, oh no, what's happening? And I kind of let it go because I was like, well, it's kind of the new name, but not really. And then at one point they end up at the Opryland Hotel and she's describing it. I was like, okay, she's, I think she's in the Cascades. Like I'm following through the hotel where she is because each section of the hotel has uh, its own theme and name kind of thing and they all connect. And then all of a sudden she's talking about like palm trees and stuff. And I was like, she might be in the Cascades. And she's like, and then we took the boat ride in the atrium. I was like, first of all, the boat ride's in the Delta, not the atrium. There is no atrium. It's in the Delta. <laughs> so and the, they talked about like the giant Christmas tree in the lobby. And I was like, it's not a Christmas tree. It's a poinsettia tree. Like I was Googling stuff from the hotel to see if they've changed it since I moved. Cause I was like super annoyed. And they're from the, this is actually two authors. It's two different women that wrote this book and they're Canadian. And I was like, well, that explains why you mucked up the Opryland hotel that way. Uh, <laughs> but to anyone else reading it, you wouldn't know the difference. I really enjoyed it though. I thought it was really cute. Just a little Christmas read. They, um, there's a little hole in the wall bar where, you know, everybody who wants to be somebody goes to sing, which is in real life is the bluebird cafe. I don't remember what they called it in this book, but it was kind of had that same vibe to it. Uh, so it was super fun and interesting to hear how like, she's so determined that she's going to make it and just doesn't really want to give up and how supportive her grandmother is. And then him trying to not be in his father's shadow and his mother had passed away. So it was really like him and his dad and his sister and how he wants to not be his, you know, be his father's son. He doesn't want to always be known as, you know, his son. And there's some sad moments. There's some things that don't go well and moments where you want to punch them both in the face. Cause you're like, stop assuming, uh, like you're both in a fake relationship, but like not fake all at the same time. And you're interpreting the media like you're what are you doing <laughs> so there's a lot of that uh i thought it was really cute i liked it other than the nashville misinformation but if you're not from nashville you probably wouldn't know of course it's a romance so it has to have some kind of happy ending at the end <laughs> and it was just a cute little christmas and they have to write a christmas song that's part of the, like the problem later on is they're trying to write a christmas song together and yeah it was cute and that was All I Want for Christmas by Maggie Knox. Hey, did you know that they have the Christmas Hallmark movies on uh, Peacock? <gasps> no, they do not. Yeah, they do. It's new this year. They <gasps> oh, just shit. added them. Just I thought of you when I saw it, and I forgot to tell you last <gasps> podcast, but <sighs> if you have Peacock, they have, they have the Hallmark Christmas movies on Peacock. You yes. just made, you just made Christmas. her month. Search yeah. Christmas on your peacock and all of these Hallmark movies come up. That just yes. sounded weird. Search Christmas on your peacock. On your peacock. <laughs> Am I the only I one knew. that saw that happen? It is kind of weird. It is kind of weird. No, but I will be doing that after I finish the Harry and Meghan documentary. <laughs> yeah, when you said something about the Hallmark channel, I was like, oh, I never told her about that. Uh, I'm going to have to look at that tonight. That's that's going to have to happen. Uh, I started watching Christmas movies really early this year, so. <laughs> I've only watched two. I watched the new Freddie Prince Jr. one on Netflix, which is amazing, by the way. Man has, has aged like fine wine. And then the Lindsay Lohan one also on Netflix. Both fantastic. Okay, moving right along. Martha just hates on my Christmas. 
She's I know. I was. We could talk Christmas movies all day. Well, Martha's Pat's the Grinch to our hey, Christmas. Hey, I watched that already hey. this year too. <laughs> okay, so I'll put my Grinch hat away. <laughs> Pat, what do you have for us today? I have a book about death. Yay, Dad! Oh it goes with my dancing skeleton Christmas shirt I'm wearing today. I have a book called The Loved One by Evelyn Waugh. And uh, I picked this up when we were all in, well, all of you are always in Oklahoma City, when I was there for our live event back in September. And we were going around bookstore to bookstore. And at one of them, I found this title and I'd always heard of it, never had a chance to read it. First of all, for those of you who, like myself, are kind of idiotic and spent probably half my life assuming that, first of all, that Evelyn was pronounced Evelyn and that therefore this author was a woman, wrong on all counts. What? Evelyn Waugh. <laughs> Evelyn Waugh was a British man writing in the, the middle of the 20th century. This book came out in 1948, and it is a satire on the funeral business the film business and the British expatriate community in America around Whoa, the film business. That sounds like fun. <laughs> it's, it is, the humor is very, very dry. I mean, dry even for a Brit. It's a very short book. It's under 200 pages. It's a quick read. But the basis of what happens is that you start out with a pair of British expats. One is sort of the old the old mentor to all the younger British expats in Hollywood. And then his young friend, who is a veteran from World War II and a poet. And he's having a hard time because he had written a successful book of poetry about the war and found that there, well, he'd written a good book, he had gotten good critical reviews, but it wasn't selling very well. And so they were lamenting the fact that World War I was clearly the poet's war World War II was just not a good source of poetry for, for people. Oh my God, that's such a British thing to say. <laughs> and so in the absence of being able to make much of a go of things as a poet and not having much luck writing for the studios, this guy has decided to become a, a kind of a get your degree by mail funeral preacher. And the other Brits in Hollywood are really upset because this is going to ruin the whole image of the British expat community in Hollywood. So they're trying to think of ways to, to steer him away from that job. Meanwhile, the older man who's been his mentor goes to the studio and through a series of mishaps, he's kind of fallen out of favor. And he goes in and finds that they have given his office to someone else, taken his secretary away, and eventually he concludes that he's been fired and he commits suicide. This is how every funny book starts out, right? Of course, you gotta have a little death in there. Yeah, so his, uh, Dennis, his, the poet who has been sharing the, the house with him, not like they're, it's not a couple, they just were sharing a house. So Dennis is trying to make the funeral arrangements and he goes to this very, very fancy cemetery, which is pretty obviously forest lawn, thinly disguised. And as they're making the arrangements, he is, Dennis has also gotten a job at the cemetery next door to forest lawn, which is a pet cemetery <laughs> called the happier hunting grounds. 
And they tried to do everything, this forest lawn-like place, which is called Whispering. Now I can't think of it. It's Whispering Glades, Whispering Pines. It's Whispering Somethings. I just can't recall exactly what it was. At any rate, he goes over to make the arrangements for Sir Frank's funeral. And he meets one of the funeral cosmetologists or one of the, the mortician cosmetologists who do up the body. And he falls in love with her, but he doesn't tell her that he's a pet mortician, basically. (laughs) So he just tells her he's a poet. So he's pursuing her. They're trying to get this funeral done. And she is in the position of trying to decide whether she wants to pursue him or the head mortician at the fancy funeral or fancy cemetery, who she is, Mr. Joy Boy, which... She has, she has fallen in love with him. So she's writing letters to the local paper's advice to the Lovelorn column, and she keeps sending a new letter every day or two as things change. Oh, but wait, now I found that. Oh, but wait, I met this other guy's mother, and and it's not at all what I expected. And <laughs> so she's constantly sending letters and just driving them crazy. I don't want to give away too much of the ending. It is both disturbingly grotesque and pretty darn funny. So it's cool. That sounds like it's right up my alley. Like I said, the humor is very dry. You have to, you have to stop and visualize this stuff happening in your mind as you read it. And you go, Oh my God, that would be really weird. And I, I thought I had heard about a movie being made of it. This may be one that comes up in one of our page to screen adaptation things for our Patreon members because I want to find the movie they made of this. The movie was made in 65. It has an amazing all-star cast, and it was written by Terry Southern, who is the screenwriter who wrote Dr. Strangelove. Hmm. So it's got that kind of black humor to it. I, I mean, he didn't write much that wasn't that kind of black humor. So I'm really anxious to see the movie and see what they do with this. But if you want if you want a little humor that makes fun of Brits in America and somewhat makes fun of the film industry and really makes fun of the funeral industry, The Loved One is a quick, funny read. Um, that's The Loved One by Evelyn Waugh. Hmm. One of the things that's great is the Pet Cemetery has a service where every year at, on the anniversary of the death of one of their, of one of the, pets that's buried there, they send a card. They generate an automatic card sent to the owner that says, your little Fido is thinking of you and wagging his tail in heaven. Only because other things than dogs get buried there, like someone buries their their bird or their, (laughs) your bird is wagging his tail in heaven. (laughs) He's shaking his tail feathers. Yes, yes, it's possible. There are stranger things that happen. I don't want to give away spoilers, but more than pets get cremated at the pet cemetery. (laughs) Yikes. And their families get cards. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Okay, then. Man, I wish I had something funny to follow that up, but I don't. I think I was having a hard time trying to decide what to review this time. But I think I'm going to go ahead and do this one. It is a mystery, and I'm pretty sure this came from the list of Jenna Bush's 
mm. book club because I was going through the lists to see if there were any other books that I hadn't read. And she and I have very, very close tastes. And this is called Greenwich Park by Catherine Faulkner. It is read, now of course you know I do audiobooks. It's read in three different points of view. The first part of it is told from Helen's point of view. And Helen is a woman who is pregnant, very pregnant, and she is living with her husband, who's an architect, and they're very close with his brother, who's also an architect. And the first part of the book is Helen sitting in this prenatal class, and she's waiting for the other couple to come. First of all, her husband stands her up, and then she's waiting for the other couple, and they're also pregnant at the same time, her in-laws. And they send her a text that says, sorry, we decided to go with this other prenatal class because it's blah, blah, blah. So she's sitting there by herself at this prenatal class. And she ends up kind of striking up a conversation with this other woman there. And this woman just keeps turning up everywhere. She's like a couple of days later, she's she goes to this coffee shop she always goes to and there's this woman again but it's like every other day she's running into her like she's never noticed her before and now all of a sudden she's everywhere and she's really aggressively trying to be friends it's one of those things where you can see right through everything she's trying to do and you kind of know there's something off about her but you don't know exactly what Every once in a while, you get a flashback to the fact that the two couples went all went to Cambridge together, and there had been some kind of a kind of a bad thing that happened during that time. And one of the points of view is from a reporter who's telling the story of the thing that happened ten years ago. So she's trying to put all of that together, and she's investigating and kind of comes across these two couples and is trying to get them to tell us the story. The reason that I like the book so much is because it's one of those mystery novels where it has layers and layers of complexity because you have the time they spent in Cambridge together and the sort of, hmm, how would I put that? ambiguous relationships that you have like when you're in college and then the two couples who end up married you kind of wonder you know what's going on with them Helen has had several miscarriages probably I don't know maybe four or five of them and she's kind of, I don't really like her character as much she's very very whiny character but at the same time, she's very sympathetic. So I could kind of understand why she was that way. But as the story goes along, the weird friend that she kind of ends up meeting up with shows up at her house in the middle of the night one night. And she's clearly been assaulted. She's got finger marks around her neck and she's clearly shaken up. And... Helen says, you know, she says, can I come in? And Helen's like, well, okay, but it's our anniversary and that feels a little weird. And 
So, but she won't tell what happened. She just kind of sort of semi invites herself to stay there because she doesn't have anywhere else to go. Well, the husband is real weird about it. And all this like super weird crap happens. But the twistiness of this novel is just amazing. I couldn't stop listening to it. I, I didn't want to do anything else about about that point in the book is where I was all in. Before I was kind of eh, eh, whatever. But then it's thick and fast. The twists start coming and somebody gets murdered. Of course they do. And of course you get the investigator in and then you have the reporter who's trying to tell this other story. And it was highly, highly entertaining. Now, the reason that I did not give it five stars is some of the things that happen during that time are just you shake your head and you go no that's that would totally not happen and I don't like it when you get to that point in a book where that spoils it for you so there were definitely things about it that I that's the reason I couldn't give it five stars I gave it four but it was still highly entertaining and a really great layered mystery that I would highly recommend that would be great a great gift for any mystery lover. And that was called Greenwich Park, spelled Greenwich Park, for those of you Americans out there, me, uh, by Catherine Faulkner. It's kind of hard to tell about it. It was one of, one of those books that was kind of hard to go into too many details because the minute you do, you're going to start to spill out something that that you don't everything's need. too connected yes yeah mm -hmm. like yeah. oh i almost said the wrong thing there in case anybody still has a gift to buy for me I, I came up with um yesterday i posted it on my facebook page it's a pair of chuck taylors that are mm. red velvet and i saw that and Ooh. the velvet is made from recycled vintage clothing i, I mean thought they looked awesome they are so cool course nobody yeah. I wouldn't expect any of you to spend that much money on me but golly those are cool I could totally wear those I mean it's <laughs> yeah, sort of like wearing cool. for me that would be like wearing pearls with my blue jeans you, they would dress up any outfit it wouldn't matter what man you got some red velvet Chuck Taylors <sighs> those would be awesome except for when it rains you couldn't wear them in the rain well they're made from recycled vintage clothing so surely they're not real velvet yeah but it still ruined the velvet i don't know i bet it is real velvet it's, vintage it's, clothes yeah if it's recycled vintage clothing mm. probably is real velvet yeah mm. yeah you might want to like heavily scotch guard them or something i don't yeah. think right? you can, i don't think you can scotch guard velvet you can suede those would not be dog walking shoes no for sure. they're not dog walking shoes that that would be more like art gallery opening shoes that mm. would be something i would wear too of course Here's the woman who hates Crocs talking about wearing Chuck Taylors to an art gallery opening. <laughs> hey, those who live in glass houses probably shouldn't throw stones. I know. I am not known for my great fashion sense. I did wear yoga pants to a live event once. Totally did. See? I mean, we're sitting. Who's going to see your bottom half? That was in Denver. You know, they have Christmas Crocs. And just look that up. They have a special editions of Crocs in Christmas patterns. They do. Oh, because the last yeah. ones I saw just had those little, like, 
plastic buttons that are decorative that yeah. go in the holes. Calva, I find those so ugh. But patterns, They're, I might be okay with the patterns. Oddly, oddly, the Christmas Crocs that I've looked at do not come with snow plows on them, which would seem really appropriate. Yeah, it would. I wonder why they yeah. wouldn't include that. Frost-resistant lined snowplow Crocs. That's just a product waiting to be sold. You know, to be discovered. Yes. The person who invented and or owns Crocs went to my high school. Get out. Yeah, when they came back for their reunion year, because um, all the units have different colors, like band is green and the infantry guys are blue and whatever. And the girls ended up, I think, with pink. But you could have gotten whatever color. And he got all of them a free pair, and they all wore them, like, and they were their color of their units. <laughs> he or she, I don't remember. I shouldn't say he. It might not be he. It could have been one of the girls. I don't know. But it was kind of, it was cute. Like, they all were walking around <laughs> with their, like, unit-specific Crocs on. That's Megan's claim to fame. Oh, I totally went to the same high school as the guy who invented Crocs. I have better <laughs> claim to fame that I went to high school <laughs> with than that. <laughs> Or went to my high school. I, I don't think I have any claim to fames about the people. Oh, yes, I do. I went to the same high school. I don't know what team he plays for. I think it. I think it's the Rams. Could be. Brett Kiesel is a football dude. I don't know anything about football, so I have no freaking idea what team he's on. Rachel is yelling at us probably the answer right now as she's listening. But to not podcast. only did I go to not only did I go to the same high school as Brett Kiesel, but I dated his half brother Chris. Oh, there you go. Ooh. Yeah, That's I went my to claim high school to some people that I wish I didn't go to high school with. Well, I think everybody went to high school with people they wish they didn't. Well, one of them was one of the many princes of saudi arabia who's, oh you know, i thought you were uh, gonna say jeffrey dahmer or something no um, you went to high school with a saudi arabian prince yeah where did you go to high school she was uh, she went to private school i went to private school in indiana oh. um, <laughs> yeah but you know the 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 prince that had the journalist killed like a year ago uh-huh <gasps> that's that's his brother the guy i went to school with that that prince is his brother like, if you type in the guy I went to high school with name in Google, Jeez. it pulls up his brother. I think we need to worry a little bit about associating with Megan now. <laughs> no, he wasn't gonna there have very us. long because he, he was kind of a dick. And he didn't want to, like, he wasn't going to let anybody tell him what to do. He was, you know, one of the 12 princes of Saudi Arabia, and he didn't last very long. He went home. You know, my sister went to school with a bunch of uh, students who were uh, Iranian. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times they would send their kids. She went to school with several of them in Powell. I mean, why? If you're going to send your kid to school in the U.S., why the hell would you send them to Powell, Wyoming? Because they you can't don't get know in trouble. What Powell, there. Wyoming is like because it's a spot on a map to you. You don't yeah. know what it's like. I felt and there's sorry nothing for them. around them. You're never going to find them. Nobody there. would ever find them there. That's very <laughs> yeah. true. If you're going to send somebody to witness. Witness protection. That's the perfect place to send them. Yeah, where I grew yeah. up. They, they may have. They may have gone to Wyoming the same way I came to Wyoming because I took a job oh, through a phone interview. I had never seen Wyoming. I took the job. I went to my friends who lived next door and said, "I'm going to move to Wyoming. What am I moving into?" And they pulled out a picture book of the Grand Tetons in Yellowstone, and that's what I thought I was moving into. <laughs> 
Oh my God, I'm so sorry, Pat. Well, I have I've, I have come to love Casper, but it's not the Grand Tetons kind of scenery. It's no. high prairie flat, you know, yes. for the most part. <laughs> you do actually have a mountain near you, though. Yeah, we do have a we have Casper Mountain is very nice. I love Casper Mountain. But it Mountain. is not anything but like it, the Tetons. I mean, I it was and it's, I really love Wyoming, but it was not when I moved here. <laughs> I was I was under a severe misapprehension. <laughs> And that was in the days before the internet, where you really couldn't go yeah. in and look yes. up, look up oh, multiple pictures or stories or tr uh, what do they call those testimonials about living yes. there. It would probably be, oh well, Casper, Wyoming has the highest suicide rate of any other city of its size in the U.S. Yay! <laughs> oh, gosh. Did you guys see there was another volcano erupting? It was, this one was in Italy, and somebody posted. Somebody was like. Posting it said, we're looking at you, Yellowstone. Keep it together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real. Yeah, really. I'd keep a close eye on that one if I were you. Yeah. <laughs> this was one in like Italy off one of the like islands. Well, but was, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, everyone in the US, they're looking at Yellowstone. Jeez. <laughs> like, stay, stay cool. Stay cool. Stay cool. You know the best thing about Crocs? What? Is now they make all those little buttons so you can the dad like you can. That's have what all I was talking about. Is those buttons look so cheap and cheesy? I think they're adorable. If I still had my Crocs and I was a lifeguard, still I would have so many. I actually bought a Harry Styles one because I'm gonna make it into a lapel pin. Like I'm gonna cut the back off and make it a lapel pin because it was too damn cute. <laughs> I don't know why that just reminds me of all the cheap little. Remember those toys that you used to get in the gumball machines that would fit inside a little yes. round thing? That's yeah, uh -huh. what those remind me of. Mm -hmm. It's like the <laughs> cheapest possible toy that you could ever find anywhere. And you put a quarter in and it comes right out the machine. And then you stick it on your shoe? Come on! And the yeah. worst part is those shoes aren't that cheap. No, they're really not. Now the knockoff $5 ones look exactly the same. I, I tried to I just, find some and they don't sell them anymore. I think they probably got yeah. sued into next week. <laughs> I just liked them when I was a lifeguard because if I had to jump in the lake, they'd float. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's fair. So that was nice. Like, I didn't have to worry about my shoes. I was like, they'll float. I'll find them eventually <laughs> if I have to go in after somebody. <laughs> so that was what I liked about them. I had a bright orange pair, like bright Tennessee orange pair. They were awesome. And I had a black pair that didn't have holes in them. Because then I could dress them up. <laughs> they have croc dress shoes. Yeah, they do. Have you have you seen them? They're what? actually not that bad looking. S serious? But Seri you're being serious now? Yes. Yes. They have croc dress shoes, and they have croc like slide shoes. Like I have a pair of Crocs that are like, like a, just have the strap on the top, like the and it does just yeah. sliders. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like Nike sliders. Nike put a slider out that's Nike, basically yeah. just a, I mean, Dylan had a pair of those, and they, they're made out of the same stuff, basically, and they're just one one whole piece. And they're, I like them because they're, like, super, super light, and that, I mean, they're suit, they're comfortable. Oh, they look like ballet flats. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and see, they're not that ugly if. If somebody were wearing those and I didn't know it, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't know they're Crocs unless they told me. 
Yeah. Now I gotta look them up. I think we know what we need to get Martha for Christmas, team. Don't you some dare. Crocs. Do not <laughs> yeah. do that. I need do to get not. her some Crocs. Do not. I'm serious. Don't waste your resources. money. Do not waste your money. If you're gonna, it's if you're all gonna about pull, the comfort, guys. It's if you're all gonna, about being comfortable. If you're gonna pool your resources for shoes, I already gave you the massive hint just now. <laughs> and my you birthday did. is upcoming. In February. Somehow I think Crocs are probably cheaper than those. What probably. were they? Chuck Taylors? Chuck Taylors, yeah. Probably. Probably. Do not those Martha, fancy your Christmas, ass shoes your Christmas that you present want. may not be here in February. I'm still waiting on Do not buy ship. me Crocs. I'm serious. Because <laughs> you know you know what I would it would be a, the biggest waste of money because they would be go out to feed the dog shoes like my old ones were. And now we would, can buy them on clearance. That would be. You buy them on clearance. It's, I mean, I got mine for like freaking. I think I ended up only paying like seven bucks a piece for the two pairs that I have because I had coupons and I bought them on clearance. Shoes are an extension of your personality, Vani. I don't want anybody to get the idea that I'm a cheap rubber molded. You don't want to be Gumby? No, I do not want to be Gumby. That's just exactly what they are. Yeah, but Crocs are not. Yes, they You obviously have never looked at a pair of Crocs that closely because I don't think that they're really rubber because they're too light. They're plastic. They're like a foamy rubber. Foam. Fo- yeah, they're, they're foam, like foam. Foamy, which is why I say rubber because they're like. What's that insulation that like it, it you you like oh in the spray can oh just, just put your- it in the spray can that's what it is it's like a it's a mold of your feet from that <laughs> foamy spray can see stuff. now that would be it's like sort of like in futurama you know where um where leela takes the stick takes the spray can out and she sprays her pants on and then she sprays her boots yeah. on that now that See, they're crocs in a can. You that just... would be something I could get right behind. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on. Um, it's it's a, it's raining out. Just let me get my can. Oh my god! And then, my you rubber know, ducky crocs in a can. Yes, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Now that makes sense. Crocs in a can. Somebody make that happen. Oh, God. So they need our Crocs with little rubber ducky heads on the front of them. So it looks like you're wear- actually wearing a pair of rubber ducks. That would be actually kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as much as it's rained down here, I would wear those. You could wear those today. Rubber ducky, have- you're the one. The one. <laughs> <laughs> what is the purpose of a rubber duck? Harry what? Potter, nobody, nobody, you all fail. Mr. Weasley. Yes, I know, but I don't know the answer. Because <laughs> there is no purpose. They're Unless, of fun. course, you're super kinky. Man, <laughs> then there might be a purpose for a rubber duck. Dude, I found, I there was one time I was shopping for a, a bachelorette gift, and this was an actual bachelorette gift, not for myself. <laughs> and they had <laughs> That's a what rubber duck. <laughs> A rubber ducky vibrator. Why? No, no way. It was, it, it was a vibrator that looked like a rubber duck. I totally bought it for because so, I thought it was hilarious. So, so she's using that and every once in a while it goes like a rubber duck. You know I that mean, squeaky, it's a vibrator. The squeaky I, I sound that it makes. I didn't play with it before I gave it to her. <laughs> <laughs>
was a gag gift. Somebody doesn't want a rubber ducky vibrator. Hmm, rubber ducky. I like your beak. Quack <laughs> <laughs> for your crack. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> and that's gonna do it for. Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.